powerful and intriguing tips and tricks for speakers by speakers. Welcome to the Key5 Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson. This is the Key5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. I'm your host, Robert Ferguson. And today we're talking with Alan Hoffler, the Executive Director and Principal Trainer at Middleswick Communications and the author of the book, Presentation Sin, the practical guide to stop offending and start impressing your audience. Let's get started. Alan, I'm just thrilled to have you as our first guest as we launch this podcast series designed to add value for speakers by speakers. I'm also excited that you'll be contributing a speaking tip to each one of our podcasts, which will be called a Millswick Minute. So, Alan, let's uh, help me understand, I guess, why with degrees in aerospace engineering and applied mathematics, why on earth did you get into the speaking business? <laughs> I, I don't know that I got into it. it. It sort of got into me. And I would even say that everybody is in the speaking business. They may not recognize it. I was a teacher. And that's the only thing I've really ever done for a living. I, I guess I should see now that was the speaking business, but I didn't see it then. I was in high school, I taught in college, I taught in corporate for 13 years, went to a professional development seminar on how to speak Mo Betta, <laughs> and just was shocked at how little I knew. It just sparked an interest in me. One thing led to another. Today actually is the nine-year anniversary of leaving corporate and starting my own business. It's, it's been quite a ride, but I don't think anybody could have predicted or, or even planned for it. It just sort of happened. Wow. Well, that's exciting and happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> so having heard lots of speakers over the years, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen speakers make? <laughs> Unfortunately, whenever I hear that, I, I don't think of them. I think of me and, and all the mistakes I've made. Uh, that the very, very first time I got up to speak as a, as a public speaker, I was doing a volunteer for a, for a local business group. And the guy shows up 45 minutes early. Who shows up 45 minutes early to a networking meeting? He says, hey, you're the speaker today. What gives you the right to speak to us? It was very confrontational. I was a little intimidated. But right off the cuff, I got the responses. The reason I can speak to you is because I've made all the mistakes I don't want you to make. I think I've had just my brain filled with stories. But running over time is just not acceptable for a professional speaker. I've, I've used to think, well, I'm the guy speaking. I should deserve to have as much time as it takes. And I just abused my audiences with, with that privilege. I, I think that's a huge mistake. Not valuing feedback from, so if they were kind enough to tell you something you did right or wrong, it's a little tougher to hear that sometimes. Valuing that feedback is gold because it really tells you what the audience wants. And those, those are kind of the ones that stick in my, my crawl the, the, the worst because I, I just look back and go, I was immature as a speaker and understanding what it took. I'm always learning, still making mistakes. I'm sure I'll make some today. <laughs> well, and with all these things that you're learning, and I often say we learn more from our mistakes, as you've just mm -hmm. highlighted. I see there's um, two different kinds of speakers, which we want to address with this podcast series. We have professional speakers, and then we have those who are business leaders who do a lot of speaking and even someday may choose to become a speaker. What kind of differences do you see working with these two different groups? Well, first, I would take issue with the fact that they're different. Uh, they're both being paid to speak. It's just one of them is paid primarily to speak, and the other is paid for some other task in which they speak. And, and it really is a, an issue of semantics to me. I'm going to take the claim that everyone is a communicator. And, of course, everyone could benefit from making their skills better. 
I think one, I don't want to call it a problem, but one issue we face with professional speakers is because they spend their life on stage, they are told constantly, oh, wow, you're really good at this. Oh, wow, I really liked you. Oh, wow, that was great. And it may have been, and many times it probably is, but if that's all you ever hear, it really limits how much you're going to grow. And two groups that really, I, I think, are, are probably the, the greatest of these are, are pastors and teachers. And nobody tells their pastor, you stunk today. Nobody ever says that. It's a oh, great job, preach, as they walk out and head to the cafeteria. If you hear that week after week after week, you begin to believe it. And then if I ask them, well, what are you good at? They don't know. And what shocks me, especially with teachers even, they've never watched themselves teach. You know, I ask teachers who've been in the business 30 years, hey, have you ever watched a video of you teaching in your classroom? Oh, no, no, we don't do that. We've never done that. I just, that, that's shocking to me. I think everybody can get better. And, and the mindset of the speaker, I think, is the greatest factor to who becomes great. Is if, if It's not the title, I'm a professional speaker, but it's, I think I can be better. I, I want to be better. Those are the ones that truly do become great. If soon as you think you've arrived and you've got the speech of a lifetime, that's a, a red flag to me that it, it's time to, time to shake it up a little bit. Absolutely. So one of the key things you've mentioned, Alan, is about seeing yourself on video. And having done that myself, it's like, wow, you do see a lot. But yet, you're right, there's a barrier. Why do you think so many speakers sort of hesitate, or a teacher, as you say, to uh, videotape themselves to, and to see themselves? What's the barrier? Well, first off, we don't see ourselves the way the world sees ourselves. There, there's so much baggage and psychology behind it. I've never talked to anybody that heard their audio recording. And I'm listening to my voice in the headphones right now thinking, that's, that doesn't sound like I think I sound like. Is, I've never found anybody that heard their voice and went, oh, wow, I sound great. I, I didn't know I sounded that good. It's always the opposite. And it's so personal when you put yourself on stage. It's, it's you that's on trial. I think people just see they see with different eyes. They, they just see little nuances that the audience doesn't see. They know the mindset behind it. And the number one response I get uh, to the, the positive when people watch themselves for the first time is they go, wow, I felt a lot more nervous than I looked. I actually looked okay. But it takes the discipline to want to get better, to want to see yourself. It's just not natural. But I, I think that's, that's the holy grail. That's the secret of, of speakers that really excel is the ones that really study and, and work at it. And that involves watching and listening. Good advice. And I, I appreciate that. In fact, your book presentation sin is, is an awesome book. I have shared it with many people and you make it very clear. You've got three key elements that you talk about. You've got the conduit, which is the channel content, which is the message and connection, which is the relationship. Which one do you think professional speakers or all speakers, as you would say, what do they, who's, what do they struggle with the most and why? I think it probably depends on the speaker. Everybody's got their, their skills and strengths and, and weaknesses. But the idea of what people think is the most important clearly falls to content. If I asked you, well, how much time? Well, I, I know for a fact, uh, you know, how much time did you spend preparing for this podcast in, in, in each area? And how much time did you practice your voice for this podcast? And the answer is probably close to zero. I mean, you may have tried your deep voice, but you didn't practice for hours to do this. And you didn't practice the relationship so much and figure out what we're going to do to really reach those people. It's, hey, we got to have content. We got to fill 10 minutes. And the same is true when I go for a keynote. I got an hour. I got to fill that content. I think what we should do is recognize that the relationship, the connection is what drives people to want to listen to us. If you don't nail the connection, 
people get bored really fast and just think academia. You may be the brightest, smartest guy in the room, but if you don't make me want to listen, class is not going to be filled up. Class is not going to be an exciting time. And then the skills really are, are habits. And that's where we get our, our, our training it really enlightens people is you've got to put in the time to develop good habits. If you have a great voice, if you've trained your voice to be worth listening to, you don't have to practice it because it's a habit. Same with athletics, same with any skill that you have, driving a car. Once you put in the skills, that becomes second nature. But what I find is that almost no one practices their skills before they hit the stage. And it's only when they see themselves in that video that they realize, oh, I'm monotone. I got to change that. That's when you got to practice and put in, put in the time to make your skills world-class. Great advice. I appreciate the sharing of that, Alan. And I think about myself having to learn how to pause, to talk slower, some of the, the basic skills. But to see yourself, and then when you, you hit a, a wall, I know it helps to have a coach. And you've coached a lot of people. What, um, what would you say is sort of the, the top benefits of a speaker hiring a coach to help them get better, even when they see themselves on video? It's that other perspective. You know, the definition of a coach, uh, I get this from the world of athletics, which I spend a lot of time with. The definition of a coach is, is somebody that gets a participant to do what they don't want to do so that they'll have the results that they want. Nobody wants to practice their speech. Nobody wants to sit down and really pour over it. But we all want to wow people when we're on stage. As a coach, I can get you to focus on what needs to be done so that the results when you're on stage are what you really desire, the, the impact that you're looking for that's what it takes. It takes somebody with that outside perspective to force me to do. I don't naturally enjoy dieting or exercise. <laughs> but if I have a, a person who's had success or a person with a little more knowledge than me that can give me advice and hold my feet and give me the motivation to do what needs to be done, I can be fit. But without that, I, I know from practical experience, I'm just not going to do it on my own. I, I, good advice. And I, it's a, I appreciate the value of a coach so much. And even in presenting, I think it's even so much more when delivering a speech. So Alan, when someone is preparing for an upcoming speech, what would you recommend to help them deliver the best presentation possible? Uh, start early. <laughs> I, I get so many people that call me, I got a speech next Tuesday. Can you make me great? <laughs> nope. Can't do it. Sorry. Too late. But uh, I had a guy last year that called me, I think it was in February for a speech that was the following April or something. It was over a year in advance. I, after I picked myself up off the floor in shock, I just praised him. I said, man, you're doing this the right way. We aren't going to give our best speech the first try. You know, the, the key to great speech development is iteration. Do it over and get it better and try this and tweak that. I, I think it's, it's starting early. The last minute is, is just not the time to, I work best under pressure. Yeah, but your speech is not going to be as good as it could have been. So start early. I value that as well. As we start to wind up this podcast, is there a, um, a speaking tip that you could share with our listeners today? Well, we just talked about iteration. That's a, that's a, a great one. I think studying other speakers is, is good. Uh, you can learn a lot from watching people that you admire. You know, what is it that they do that I can emulate? That's good. But I'm going to go back to what we already talked about. I think the best thing a speaker can do for themselves is to watch and study what they actually do on stage. You know, break out the video camera. It doesn't need to be HD, high fidelity. Your, your phone will do just fine. But that builds in the desire that I want to change who I am. I want to become better. And a lot of people will fight me on it. That's not authentic. That's not who I am. 
yeah, but who do you want to be in front of the audience? That's really what we're trying to gun for. And then just do it over and over again. Professionals are professionals because they do it more and better than everybody else. No different in professional speaking. You want to be better than everyone else. You want to be able to command the attention of your audience and get the impact that you, you desire. Got to work at it. It just doesn't come natural to anybody. Fabulous. Thanks, Alan. This has been great. I'm looking forward to having you also share on every one of our podcasts a Millswick Minute. Uh, This has been great, as we like to say to our listeners, see you on the stage. Thank you. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about what to do when you make a mistake. Okay, so you made a mistake. Maybe you got hung up on your words, or you clicked the wrong button, or you even tripped as you walked up the stairs to the stage. Everybody makes mistakes. But professional speakers shouldn't apologize for minor errors. Get back to speaking. You'll find your audience has a lot of forgiveness in their hearts. But you have to give them what they came for. Get back to the message at hand and just move on. Unless, of course, you spill coffee on one of them, then apology is probably warranted. Otherwise... Keep on speaking. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. I'm always learning from my mistakes. On our next Key 5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Melissa West, an incredible catalyst who has mentored over 10,000 professionals. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number 5, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving a book away. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for joining us. For more, go to key5podcast.com. 